Hello listeners and welcome to another footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast. I'm Alex Sargent. And I'm Chris Holliday. Right, Chris, today we are talking about the contentious issue of canons. Um, Not the religious meetings, I don't think, uh, unless uh, unless we want to talk about that later. Canon law, but no, but, 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 but obviously... Uh, canon and its relationship to, to film and media scholarship, but also, I guess, fandom and cultural studies as well. Um, I'm aware of some stuff on this, but I must confess that I'm both intellectually don't know a lot about it and viscerally get very bored when anyone tries to talk to me about canons. So sure. I'm hoping over the next 10 minutes to uh, become very interested in canons because I'm sure you will have that. If you can't have that effect on me, Chris, who can? Oh. So um, oh. ca- I think hopefully people will know what we mean by canons, but maybe you could set the scene for us by like talking us through sort of how canons, you know, um, how canons are talked about in kind of, uh, yeah, film media scholarship, animation scholarship. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, in, in, as you say, canon formation, I think even though the idea of canons exists perhaps in lots and lots of different um, disciplines and different areas and different fields, um, from art history to, to kind of music, um, mm-hmm. in the case of sort of film studies, I think we, we're, we're largely talking about um, arguments around cinema that are supported and structured by ideas of kind of quality and taste that have resulted in a set of works that have been and I think some writers on canons would think that they have been sort of framed by but in some ways also trapped by the idea of them being a a set of works that are the defining let's say works of a particular time period a particular um, filmmaker a particular um, media, particular genre. There are key works within a set of um, parameters that are um, canonized, that are held up as markers of kind of quality, that are the, perhaps the fullest realization of a set of ideas that have come together and coalesced in a particular kind of artwork. And these are the yardsticks, the benchmarks by which um, I guess we are able to then understand something bigger about a culture that kind of produced those canons or the filmmaker that's involved in this kind of case. Now, of course, canons themselves are supported by um, kind of power structures. And I think why I'm, why I'm interested in canons, um, I've taught canons when I did a class on Be Kind Rewind and we looked at sort of the films that are held up through intertextual references as the kind of benchmarks of particular kinds of, of, um, uh, of film history. But I think what's interesting for me about canons is that they are rooted in what might be understood as a kind of a politics of citation, that, that how we acknowledge people's work, the power structures that are involved in acknowledging other people's work, the citational practices that allow us to sort of... Um, um, construct uh, um, a knowledge that is passed along that then solidifies itself into the into the idea of a canon. The crucial thing with kind of power, I think, you know, power, it, it, the idea of that, that certain kinds of power structures so, so certainly seem to evolve into consensus. And when things are consensus, they're not questioned because they're taken as natural and just out there in the world. And I think a lot of writers who who are interested in in canons are interested in in how things how canons are shaped and formed and curated and the things that aren't in a canon and why those things might be so Mm. canons are sort of implicitly uh, I think structured by discourses or politics of kind of inclusion and exclusion what are the standards by which certain work is privileged what are the standards by which certain work is marginalized and and what are the opportunities 
for us to kind of rethink canons and to and to do something new with artwork that have we pre uh, previously considered sort of untouchable because of its canonized status. Interesting. So you, I, I, it's interesting you started that on on ideas of quality. It mm -hmm. got me thinking a little bit. I think. Um, I think to me, I, I encounter the word canon sort of in two ways as part of the day job, I guess. <laughs> on one hand is there's this conversation going on, an important conversation about kind of the lists of films we consult as a yes. shorthand, right? So um, do we have to keep talking about Citizen Kane and Raging Bull until the day we die? Or were there other movies made in that era and all that kind of stuff? Um, <laughs> and I guess we have that in animation, do we? Like, you know, Snow White, Pinocchio, the golden age of Disney, um, uh, you know, uh, these other filmmakers are allowed, but these ones are not, um, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, um, well, yeah, and also it, it re relates to, I think, some of the conversations that we've had when we've done kind of uh, Arab animation um, with Omar, and when also when we've when we chatted with kind of Paula Callas about their work and thinking about sub-Saharan African cinema, because Paula Callas is writing on animation, talk, talks exactly about historiography and the way that we can decenter Disney as the as the as the center yeah. of the canon or the sort of the core and we can think more productively around the kind of periphery so part of it i think part of teaching canons and thinking about canons is to is to engage with yeah judgments she calls judgments of taste and quality she says are made against a yardstick which the west holds up to the rest and then she sure. continues and this is a quote the countless mainstream publications on the history of disney as you as you mentioned they um kind of assume prominence in a way that has dictated taste cultures around animations production production circulation and reception so i think yeah we've we've sort of touched a little bit on on the idea of the, the canon when we've done a couple of these episodes and these these processes of, of de and recentering. and i also like what you said about inclusion and exclusion because you've just highlighted there the ways in which things that are excluded from the canon um can never sort of hope to reclaim it without a kind of conscious effort, which I think is really interesting. It all, the other thing I was going to say in terms of the day job is, it, and which relates to that point, is that the other the other issue where canons become really kind of um, important and political with a with a sort of uh, with a with a small p mm -hmm. is in in fandom. Yes. Right. So the idea of like what is what is and what isn't in the Star Wars canon, and who gets to decide that, and the kind of issues of ownership and inclusion and exclusion, and that, yeah. and fans fighting it out over whether this is canon or that is canon, or whether the Netflix Marvel series are canon uh, versus the Disney Plus uh, things like that. So, did you have any? What, any thoughts on, on that kind of kind of canonization and things like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I've encountered. I, I don't don't pretend to be a um, a massive fan of Doctor Who, but Doctor Who interests me precisely for these questions of canon and the way that canons themselves uh, are crucially also not. They're they're, they're they're both super stable, i.e., Citizen Kane, Vertigo, yada yada yada. But they're also open to modification. I think this is where kind of fan fiction comes into play, um, and the way in which, in the case of something like Doctor Who, you have these official. Um, when we say canon in that sense, we mean official narratives. Um, we mean the law, I guess, or the mythology of a particular program. In this case where things yeah. have happened, the history has happened, and work has, work has canonised a particular set of circumstances. And then you have uh, a sort of short 
special that seems to undo some of the logic of of the previous thing and then then you have to figure out is that therefore a work of of does that fit into the canon has that rewritten the canon do they have to kind of retrospectively amend so the canons themselves are both super fixed because writers on film canons especially say they can only really reproduce systems of inclusion and exclusion but they're also highly malleable when we think of of fan art uh, fan um communities that have poached or used uh, texts to create their own material that takes place within that world. Yeah, and I guess I guess that just to, that it sounds like that the point is is it's inclusion and exclusion. That's the paradox, right? Because we've you've talked and highlighted the ways in which canons can exclude, but the the problem or the delight or the appeal of them is that they can also be a powerful force for inclusion. And I don't mean this in a kind of broader diversity sense. I mean that those those who are allowed to be members of the community of canon feel are able to foster a sense of community through a shared love and appreciation of that canon right uh, i find it certainly very difficult when new students arrive and i'm trying to work out what to screen and things like that on the one hand i want to do a bit of destabilization of the canon um on the other hand students are almost expecting to be given uh, certain canonical examples as part of their kind of training right and whilst we it's really always important to disrupt what students are expecting of you it's also sometimes tempting to to enhance to to go for that right to to let them have that force of inclusion in the service of other things right in the service of something you want to teach them or in the service of something you want to highlight or things like that and i feel fans seem to have a similar relationship right uh arguing over canons is a way of keeping people in a community uh, whilst also fracturing that community at the same time. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned about the kind of, yeah, the classroom, because I think there are implications for for sort of, yeah, the way that we teach, the way that we design our syllabi, the way that we think about the sort of, yeah, quote-unquote key text, whether it's the films or whether it's the writing on the films, the way that certain writing has been canonised to speak for a particular, mm -hmm. um, to have that kind of burden of being able to speak for a whole body of writing, let's say. Um, it reminds me, and this is perhaps jumping ahead a little bit to, um, yeah, a couple of, of, of scholars that have written on, on canons, um, um, so Janet Steiger has written a brilliant article called The Politics um, uh, of Film Canons. Uh, and then more recently, Eleanor Gorfinkel, who um, works at King's, talks about kind of lists and talks about how lists and, and how um, lists, ag quote, aggregate the already known and consolidate power. They um, do not enshrine your hallowed tastes. They only dilute it. They are sort of they are not neutral or innocent or purely subjective. They are doing some kind of political work. And I think the idea of canons, while we understand them to be the films that are part of a particular collection, whether this is the, the Bond films are the canonised set of 24, 25, however many there are, um, or the, the the groupings of key works that are contained within like a box set of a particular filmmaker, that's always interesting. What are the films that are left out? What are the films that are included? Um, Gorfinkel and actually I think um, Steiger's work as well are talking about um, then then they're often interesting ways to think about um, a kind of yeah a broader politics of 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 yeah inclusion and exclusion they are they are doing things they are doing some kind of really interesting political work whether it's the sort of top down thinking about what work is is created as sacred and bottom up as well from as you say from kind of fan communities thinking thinking upwards really um, yeah canons.
Amazing. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks, Chris, for taking us through uh, through, through canons there. Uh, if you have your own suggestion for a future footnote, you can email us at fananimresearch, F-A-N-A-N-I-M, research at gmail.com and um, submit your suggestions there. We'll be delighted to receive them. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye.